Thanks for joining us for our service this weekend. And I'm Greg. And I'm Ryan. And we're today. <laughs> <laughs> I almost said I'm Greg. I almost said I'm Greg. <laughs> Please email Bree at Bshaw, CC, Rochester, Oregon. <laughs> Now here's Daryl. <laughs> now here's this week's message from Daryl. And here's Johnny. Oh, thanks so much for joining us today <laughs> for service. Sorry. <laughs>
season you are still God I have a reason to situation we come before you in today we know that we can come before you today whether we feel like we're in a fire and we're in a period of refinement or we feel like we're in the harvest God and we have just so much to give because you've just given so much to us God we come freely before you with our requests and our praise because in our changing circumstance you never change and we thank you for that today. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Welcome back, and for those of you just now tuning in, I'm Greg. And I'm Ryan, and thank you so much for worshiping with us today. Part of Christ Community's DNA is sending and supporting missions around the world to live out our mission of restoring our broken world through the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can join us in this and worship through your giving. And we invite you right now to take this opportunity to click the Give link on your screen. And we thank you in advance for your generosity. If you are new to joining us, thank you so much for tuning into our online church experience today. We are thrilled to welcome you to our church, and we invite you to take this moment to fill out our online connection card. It's a great way for us to help you get connected here at CCC. And you can find this by clicking on the connect link on your screen or in the Facebook post. Or you can click on the live prayer button, and one of our service hosts would be happy to get you connected that way too. And we are continuing to pray for each of you, and we would love to join with you today in lifting up your specific needs and praises. We can be confident that God hears us when we come before him. Now, if you would like prayer at any time during the service, our hosts are available on our streaming service through the live prayer feature. There are many opportunities to receive prayer throughout the week as well. You can check these out in the prayer section of our website. Thanks again for tuning in to Christ Community Church Online. Now here's this week's message from Daryl.
Happy Labor Day weekend, Christ community. I'm really glad that you're in online church with us this weekend. Uh, if I haven't met you yet, my name is Daryl Holden. I'm really glad to be with you. We're in a series on prayer, and uh, I got an email of some prayers that kids have prayed, and I thought I would share them with you. They're cute, kind of funny. Um, Dear God, please put another holiday between Christmas and Easter. There's nothing good in there now. Little uh, Amanda asked that of the Lord. Um, little Joyce says, Dear God, thank you for the baby brother, but what I asked for was a puppy. I never asked for anything before. You can look it up. <laughs> I like this little prayer. Dear Mr. God, I wish you would not make it so easy for people to come apart. I had to have three stitches in a shot. Another little prayer. Dear God, is it true my father won't get in heaven if he uses his golf words in the house? <laughs> that was... Lanita and like some of you guys better hope it's not true. Um, dear God, if you watch in church on Sunday, I will show you my new shoes. Love, Barbara. And my favorite was, dear God, I'm doing the best I can, really. And that's from Frank. And I just read that little prayer and I'm like, I am with Frank. So there've been a lot of times in my life where I have, um, I've watched and I have listened to my kids or other people's kids pray and they are, they're cute and they're little and they're little voices and it's so sweet when they pray. And um, I, I know that God's listening to him because I think, man, when I hear all that, I think, man, if, if God was ever gonna listen to a prayer, like that's the prayer that he ought to be listening to. And, and I do believe that God pays, like he just has a special place in his heart for the prayers that our kids pray. But I've also kind of wondered, like, do I have to be little and cute and sweet in order for God to hear or to to answer or listen to my prayers. Because if I have to be little or cute or sweet, I'm like, if that's one of the requirements for God to listen, then I think a lot of us are, we're in a bad way here. And so um, what I want to talk with you about today is I want to talk with you about God listening to our prayers. And particularly, I want to talk with you about barriers um, to our prayers. I'm just curious if you've ever been with somebody and you've maybe listened to them pray and you can just tell like that, that prayer goes straight from their lips to God's ears. You know, that there's just like, feels like heaven comes down to earth, like something's moving in the spiritual world when they pray. Or you're talking to somebody and, and as you talk to them, they're, they're saying things about, I was praying about this and God answered this prayer. And you just, you feel like you're maybe in the presence of greatness when it comes to somebody like they somehow have this special connection between them and God. And, and maybe you don't have that. And maybe you just kind of have been wondering, like, is it, is there something wrong with you? Is there something wrong with God? Is there, am I doing this wrong? What, what is this here? And so if you've ever kind of felt like, hey, I don't really feel like my prayers are getting past the ceiling. You know, certainly not my lips to God's ears. It feels like they kind of stall out somewhere. I think the things we're talking about this weekend are gonna be really helpful for you. And what I'd like to do is I'm gonna take you on this little, little trip through the Bible. I'm gonna look at a bunch of different Bible verses today and for the sake of our time, we're going to kind of move quickly through some of that. But I want to take you through some of these, these Bible verses, and I want, to, I want to show you three things from the Bible. The Bible says these are barriers to our prayers. Like these will put a ceiling on the prayers that you pray, these three things. And as much as pointing those things out for you from the Bible, what I really want to do is show you the way forward. And in each of these things, that way forward, we're going to take that step forward together uh, in a time of communion at the end. So if you haven't grabbed your juice and your bread yet, I'd encourage you to do that here in the next moment or so. 
And um, we'll walk through the scriptures, look at these three barriers to our prayers, how we can take steps forward, and then we'll take communion uh, together at the end of our time. And so I'm, I'm really excited for this for you. I think this will be incredibly helpful uh, as we and as a church become a people of prayer. So the Bible, the first, the first barrier, the first thing that will hinder your prayers according to the Bible uh, is surrendering to unforgiveness and bitterness in our relationships. It's that act of surrender to unforgiveness and bitterness in our relationships. I have just several Bible verses, probably the two most prominent, Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. It's one of the first times Jesus is giving the, the model prayer, the Lord's prayer, and he teaches us to pray, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And really connecting my willingness to forgive other people with God's willingness to forgive me. And then in Luke 11, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, where Jesus says he teaches us to pray, forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone who sins against us. And there's this, this tying together of our willingness to forgive other people with God's willingness to forgive us. And so our relationships with other people are really important in God's mind. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8, and that's the chapter where we we're taking the title of this series, First of All, Prayer. First of all, pray. Um, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8, the apostle Paul giving instructions, he says, I want the men everywhere to pray lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. And he ties prayer and the effectiveness of prayer to human relationships, personal relationships. I want this prayer to happen with hands that are clean before the Lord, with no anger, with no argument going on amongst the people who are praying together and praying for these same things. And then in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, the apostle Peter giving instructions on how we live in our homes says to husbands, he says, husbands, live with your wives in a gentle and understanding way. And he talks a little more there, but it goes to the bottom. He says, so that your prayers will not be hindered. And so all these different places in the Bible tie the effectiveness of our prayers to our personal relationships. And, and our relationships with each other are really important to our heavenly father. And I think it's important to be remember in this context that God is our heavenly father. And for those of us who are parents, I think we can grasp this a little bit about why our kids' relationships with each other or how our kids' relationships with each other are important to us. I know as a dad, it's really my kids are grown now. It's really important to me. It gives me great joy to see them when they are loving each other well and they're getting along and they're communicating and they're unified and it causes me a great deal of pain when there's, when there's frustration or sand in the gears there in their relationships. And so I just, I, th I think we can grasp that, how God wants us to be in healthy relationships with each other. And when we are surrendered to the unhealthy relationship, the unhealthy sides of our relationships, when we just kind of throw up our hands and say, okay, this is just the way it's going to be. I think that causes him, I know from the scriptures that causes him great grief and it really puts a ceiling, a barrier on our prayers. And, and it's, it's in that struggle because I, I want you to hear me using the words when I'm talking about surrendering to unforgiveness and bitterness in our relationships. We all struggle in different relationships. There are seasons when, when it's just harder than it is at other times. In that struggle, 
God is with us. Your heavenly father is with you in that. He is for you in that. He's for that relationship. He's providing you all the resources that you need to be able to work things out, work together, move forward. He's, he is there with you in that. It's, it's in the throwing up your hands and saying, hey, I've, I'm done with this. It's that surrender that causes him so much grief and puts that barrier there. And, and it's, when you, it's when you throw up your hands and surrender. That's, that's when you find yourself in a position where like, I, my prayers just don't seem to be getting beyond the ceiling. And if, you, and if you're feeling that as we talk, if you know, there's a relationship or some relationships where you've just kind of said, hey, I don't, I don't have any more energy to throw. You've surrendered. You've surrendered to the unforgiveness in your heart. You've surrendered to the bitterness. Your way forward is really to unsurrender, you know, to unsurrender to that bitterness and that unforgiveness. Instead, instead of fighting or, or just laying down to, to engage again, I was thinking about this and thinking about our time together. My brother's 18 months younger than I am, so we're pretty close in age. And um, like a lot of boys, we used to wrestle and, you know, our play was very physical and we'd be wrestling like little puppies and one of us would get the upper hand for a moment. And one of the strategies was just to say, hey, I give up, I give up. And, and then as soon as the person who seems to be winning relaxes, like, hey, I'm back at it again. Now I'm fighting because I got a little chance here. And so... Maybe for you today, if you've, been, if you've been struggling with unforgiveness and bitterness or you just surrendered to that, you haven't struggled. Today, my encouragement to you, the way forward for you for the effectiveness of your prayers is to unsurrender to unforgiveness and start to battle again, to fight for forgiveness, to battle against bitterness uh, in your life. And as we take communion here together in just a few minutes, you're getting an opportunity to remember the forgiveness that God has offered you so that you can begin to offer forgiveness to the people who have hurt you and who are hurting you in your life. So that's the first barrier. The first barrier is unforgiveness. The second one is sitting in willful disobedience. You just, you just sat down in willful disobedience to things that you know that God has something better and something different for you. Just some Bible verses that I think are really interesting in this. Psalm 66, uh, verse 18, the psalmist writes, if I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. And there's just some negative statements in there, but just basically if, if I was a guy who was just sitting in willful disobedience, in willful sin, the Lord's not going to pay attention to me. Um, in James chapter 4, verse 3, He's speaking specifically about prayer and he says, you ask and you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, you're asking for your own pleasure. And again, it's just that idea connected to, hey, I'm all about me and I'm just here and I'm, I'm looking to God to get on my page, to get on my agenda so that I can enjoy the things that I wanna enjoy. There's a, there's a story in the Old Testament, it's recorded in 2 Kings chapter 13, the first few verses and that, uh, and the questions I'm going to ask you at the end, I'm going to encourage you to read those verses. But there's a king of the nation of Israel. His name is Jehoahaz. And it tells us that he did evil in the eyes of the Lord and the Lord's anger burned against him. That's a really strong statement, but he was the leader of God's people and he did evil in the eyes of the Lord, which means he was leading God's people into evil and there's just this massive ripple effect of his willful disobedience and him being sitting in all that sin 
and he was under discipline from the Lord. And then he sought the Lord's favor and the Lord listened to him. And that to me, I just, I love that little statement there. Here's this guy who has committed himself to, to what the scripture defines as evil and, and he comes to his senses and he seeks the Lord's favor and the Lord listens to him. And I love the picture that that paints of God who is merciful and gracious and willing to forgive. And, and it's, it's like in this moment of him coming to his senses, this wicked, idolatrous leader, he's in this moment of desperation because of the discipline that the Lord had on him. In this moment of desperation, he turned from his idols, he turned from his sinful ways, and he turned to the Lord, and the Lord answered him, and the Lord helped him. And I just am, like, I'm convinced the Lord wants to answer our prayers. And he is waiting for those of us who are sitting in willful sin to turn from our sin and turn towards him. And so if that's you and there's just some things in your life that you know that you just said, hey, I just, I'm just choosing this for right now. Even though, even though I know it's wrong, something inside of me knows that the Lord's not smiling on this. I just, I'm choosing this right now. The way forward for you, there's a great Bible verse, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. The Bible tells us if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that idea of confession, it is, confession is very simply, it's agreeing with God. It's a willingness to walk to God's side of the table and look at what's going on in your life from his perspective, to see it from his perspective, to agree with him, to agree with his perspective of what it is, and then to set a course of action that's consistent with, with God's view of what's going on. So confession is an agreement with God in word and in deed. And if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. And I just love that that, like that step of confession ends with forgiveness and cleansing and puts us in this relationship with God where he's eager to hear, to answer our prayers, but we can't be sitting in willful disobedience and have him answer us. And so sitting in willful disobedience is the second barrier. Here's the third barrier to our prayers, and that's wavering faith. Wavering faith. Um, in James chapter one, it says, if any of you lack wisdom, you can ask God and he gives it to you generously he doesn't withhold and then those verse verse six goes on to say this but when you ask so if you're asking god for something but when you ask you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind that person should not expect to receive anything from the lord such a person is double-minded and unstable in all that they do and so people whose faith is wavering, like that is a, that's a barrier to our prayers. Now, this one, I saved this one for last in this conversation because this is, this is the one I think that gets a little tricky for us. This is the one, there's a lot of conversation in Christian circles about the role that faith plays in our prayers being answered. And so kind of let me just kind of walk you through where I think the scriptures lead us. The first thing to say about faith, and particularly if you're saying, man, I'm a person whose faith wavers because different times, like all of us, our faith wavers. So if you're a person who you feel like your faith is wavering, here's the first thing to hold on to, and that is that faith is a gift from God. 
In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, the scripture tells us that we've been saved by grace through faith, and that faith is not of ourselves. It's a gift from God, and we don't get faith by works so that none of us can boast. And so as we start talking about wavering faith, I'm not asking you, I'm not encouraging you, I'm not gonna tell you that your way forward is to somehow muscle up some more faith in your life. Faith is a gift that God has given to you, and so whatever faith you have been given, like that's the faith to exercise. In Hebrews chapter 11, the scripture tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And those of us who come to him must believe that first he exists, and second, that he rewards people who seek him. So God is present and God will work. And that's like that's the faith that's required, especially as we come to God in prayer, to come like we're coming to him, recognizing that he's there and that he is willing to step in and work on our behalf. Um, some Bible teachers will say that you have to believe that God will do exactly what it is you're asking. Like somehow you have to muster up all this faith that, that God's gonna do exactly what you're asking God to do. And if you don't have the faith for that, then you're not gonna get from God what you've asked. I don't find that in the Bible. Um, what I find in the Bible, particularly in the Gospels, where Jesus's life is on record for us, I find instances where people come to Jesus and say, I believe that you're God's son and you have the power to do this. Will you do this? And those are the people that Jesus steps into their lives Several times he's like, he's impressed with their great faith because they've, they've recognized who he is. I believe this is who you are. I believe you can do this. Will you do this for me? And I cannot find any place in the scriptures of Jesus's life where somebody brings something to Jesus with all the faith that they have, where they come to him and say, hey, this is, I'm coming to you with all the faith I've got. And Jesus looks at him and says, nope, you go away, you muster up some more faith. When you muster up some more faith, come back to me and maybe I'll be able to engage with that. I don't see that anywhere in the New Testament in the record of Jesus's life. Jesus meets people where they are when they bring their faith to him, exercising all the faith that he has, that they have. He steps into that on their behalf. One of my favorite stories in all the scriptures, and really it's one of the times that Jesus really challenged a guy uh, on his faith. The guy was asking Jesus to step in, intervene on behalf of his son. And he, he said to Jesus, he said, hey, if you could do something about this, would you do it? And where Jesus challenged him, it's recorded in Mark 9, Jesus said, you know, basically, what are you talking about if I could do that? And he says, everything's possible for the one who believes. And immediately that man he recognized what he had said and what he was believing. And in Mark 9, 24, this is, a, this is a prayer I hang on to and pray regularly. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And, and in that moment, Jesus met him. Uh, it's a beautiful story if you wanted to read it. Um, God is not in the faith squelching business. He's not, he's not looking at people who have a little bit of faith who are trying to grow in their faith, who are trying to exercise the faith they have. He's not looking at you and saying, nope, your faith is wavering, off you go. He's, he's looking at you and saying, hey, bring the faith that you have to me. Exercise the faith that you have, I'll meet you where you are. Faith is a gift that comes from God. 
and bring the faith you have, exercise it, and God will step in and God will meet you in all that. And so if you're a person with wavering faith, the great news for you and your way forward is that you do not have to create faith for yourself. You get to bring all the faith you have to the Lord and ask him to help you. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And so we're gonna close our service today with communion. And um, I'd like this to be a moment for you, a spiritual moment that, that makes a difference for you in your prayer life going forward. Particularly if you've been feeling like your prayers are hitting the ceiling, there's not been a lot of response, and maybe it's been so discouraging for you that you're not, you've not been paying a lot of attention to prayer because it just doesn't seem to be or do anything. I, in this communion moment, um, this is a moment of surrender. And so if you, have, if you have surrendered to unforgiveness and bitterness, this is a moment to surrender to Jesus and to re-engage in that battle for forgiveness against bitterness in your life. This is a moment of confession. If you have been sitting in willful disobedience to the Lord, this is a moment of spiritual standing up and walking away from your sin towards your Savior, and on top of that, of receiving forgiveness and the cleansing that he wants to give to you. This is a moment for exercising your faith. No matter how much faith you have or how little faith you have, bring that faith to the Lord. Lord, I believe you're here. I believe that you can work. I believe that you want to work. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Because communion reminds us of what kind of a God we have. It tells us about our Heavenly Father. It tells us that He's for us, that He's with us, how He loves us. In communion, we celebrate that God loved us so much. He gave His one and only Son to die on a cross for our sins, to rise again from the dead so that those of us who believe in Him can have eternal life. And that's what we're going to celebrate and remember in these moments. And so, what we're going to do is we're going to take the bread and the juice. And then after we take the bread and the juice, I'm going to be quiet for a moment because this is your moment to surrender, to confess, to believe, to get help from the Lord with your unbelief. So if you'll take your bread, Jesus broke bread the first time that communion was celebrated. And he told his followers, that, like this bread is my body, which is broken for you. So would you eat this bread in remembrance of him? And then he took a cup. It was a cup of juice or wine and he told them that this cup is my blood, which is poured out for you, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. So drink this in remembrance of Jesus. Having been reminded of what your Heavenly Father has for you, what your Savior wants for you, just pause for a moment and you have the moment that you need to have with the Lord your God.
So Father, I'm really grateful today that you are for us, that you are with us, that you are a God who waits on the edge of your seat for us to to turn to you, to run to you, to, to cry out to you, to seek you. And as we do, you hear, you respond, you answer, you move heaven and earth to come to us. You have proven that that's the kind of God and Father and Savior you are in Jesus. And, and in this moment, we say yes to what you offer us. We say yes to forgiveness. We say yes to cleansing. We say yes to faith. We say yes to getting back into the battle against bitterness, to fighting for forgiveness in our personal relationships. We say yes to you. And we know that that yes comes from us, from our heart, because it's already been spoken over us and to us from your heart. So thank you for how you love us. We want to move forward. We're excited about how you will hear and respond to our prayers as we step out from underneath these barriers. I'm excited for myself and for our church family to, to know that our prayers move from our lips to your ears and you move on that. And so we love you and we're grateful today. So Jesus, we pray these things in your name. Amen. So let me ask you a few questions to um, either ponder if you're watching this by yourself or to discuss if you're with other people right now. The first question is, where has God shown up for you this week? Uh, we've had a lot going on. Those of you who have kids or if you happen to be in the school system, uh, there's always stuff happening for those of us with work or at home, families. So where have you seen God show up this week for you? I know he's there with you, and so um, be good to spend a few minutes just recounting that. Second question does it make sense to you that our relationships with other people impact our relationship with God? And just as you talk about that, why does that make sense or why does it not make sense to you? And you can process that together. And third question, is it easier for you or is it harder for you to believe that God is willing to be approached by and also willing to forgive someone who's living in willful disobedience? And why do you have the view that you do? It's a lot of words in that question, but... It's really rooted in like, what kind of God do you think he is? What kind of person do you think God is? Um, the fourth question, what are your thoughts on how our faith impacts God's willingness to hear and answer our prayers? There's a, there's a lot of chatter on that. Maybe you've heard some different teaching or maybe you've explored some things in your life. I'm just be good discussion about what your view on faith and answered prayers is. And then the fifth question is, which of these three barriers have impacted you the most? And what does your way forward look like? And I think I shared with you a little bit, probably for me, it's the wavering faith. And Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. So which one of those is, um, is most impactful to you? And how are you going to move forward coming out of this? Thank you for being here in church today at Christ Community Church. I'm really grateful that we get to follow Jesus together. Thanks for being with us. May God bless you guys. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for joining us today for our worship service. Now, if you know any needs in our church or in our community, please reach out as we want to help. And you can do this by contacting the church office or by going to the service opportunity tool you'll find on our website. And we will work with you to figure out how CCC can help. 
Thank you for choosing Christ Community Church Online for your church experience today. Good to see you, and we'll see you next time.